Hello, everybody. I'm John Locke, and I'd like to welcome you to the LockingYourSuccess.com Trading Performance Podcast, where it's all about real traders, real problems, and real coaching. Listen up and enjoy the segment. For those serious about becoming successful, consistently profitable options traders, now is the time to build skills in technical analysis, market analysis, and applied volatility to get those results. We have multiple memberships, starting with our Go membership that teaches rules-based trading and our Pro membership that teaches more subjective trading. For more information, go to LockInYourSuccess.com slash memberships. The presentation is for educational purposes only. When our broker deals are financial advisors and not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk and trading options is substantial. And please make sure you're aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also note that any trades and or um, results in this presentation, please consider them to be hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. We believe these accurately represent as possible. Keep in mind live results can vary from simulated results for many different reasons. So we have a question in the forum. So um, let's take a look at that first. And it is, could I please explain how you determine the market uh, is overbought or oversold. I notice that you do not use an RSI indicator on your charts. Alternatively, <clears throat> do you simply determine market overextension based on whether the market has exceeded profit, um, uh, like price pattern targets? I'm see seeking opportunistic entries for a super bear trade for which I've been outright wrong on the two recent trades using RSI in addition to TA. So, a couple comments first. Uh, determining whether the market is overextended is dependent on many situational factors that are different each time. So, um, I'm going to break things down or talk about a few things and break things down to see if we can start to gain a better understanding of that. And um, also, just talking about RSI indicators and indicators in general, before you use or employ any indicator, you, just, you, have to, you want to decide whether or not that indicator is even useful in the context of what you're doing. In other words, how often in the past has an RSI indicator been any sort of an accurate indication of whether the market's going to fall or not? And... What, we're going to find these types of things, and this is true with any indicator and even like moving averages and stuff like that. One of the things you want to start to understand is how your asset trades. And um, I would say an RSI indicator might be useful on some assets in some time frames and some situations. But on the SPX, it's, in my opinion, it's little value. What is What does the RSI indicator indicate? It indicates that the market is going up faster at a faster rate than it normally does. It gets over certain levels. You know, this is faster than it normally goes up 70% of the time. And I would argue we know that. Like, if you understand your asset and you've normally been trading the SPX, you know it's gone up more than uh, it normally does. And you know, and you know it's, it's, it's going up faster than it normally does. I mean, it's, it doesn't take an indicator to figure that out. And, you know, one of the things about traders a lot of times and you know as they're developing as traders is you know you take a look at an indicator and you try to use that as a signal without understanding the indicator or what it is or, or how it does or what it means it's kind of like um, 
you know, I can add with a calculator, but if I never learned how to add, then I don't understand whether the calculator is being useful for me or not. Right? I mean, we see this all the time now in in restaurants or stores or something. You go into somebody and you give them, if you give them cash and you need change, they look at you like you got three heads if they can't put it in the computer. They they can't add do simple addition, right? If you can't do simple addition, you don't know if you put you know ten plus you know forty six in the calculator minus three, then it's wrong. Like I would. You know, if it comes up with 106, I know it's wrong because I know how to add, I know how to subtract. But it's somebody who who doesn't know how to add and subtract, they they would have no they would have no idea that it's not useful at that point, right? Or or, or it's wrong because they punched in the wrong number or the machine screwed up or something. You know, what is the RSI? I talked about what the RSI indicator is. It just tells you it's basically a momentum indicator. Um, and you can go back in here, and you can go back in the past. You say, well, how often is RSI even if even useful? You know, um, you know, here it, it tells me nothing. Here it tells me nothing. Um, we didn't drop till RSI already dropped out. Um, you know, here, it, yes, minor pullback. Yes, minor pullback. But what you're going to find is it's kind of random on whether it's use, useful or not. Like all in here, we had all this period of time where it's way, way overextended for a long time. And there's no, you know, no pullback in, in sight there. And then, you know, it pulls back or actually goes up when it's kind of overextended. So the thing is, if, if you go and you, and you look at all the instances with the RSA, you're going to find it's pretty much random on whether it means anything or not in isolation. So to me, the indic- and this is work that you can do on your own. To me, the RSA indicator in this time frame, the SPX, is not very meaningful. You can look in other time frames to see if it's very meaningful. The other thing you can do, too, like if you're going to use RSI, is, is look at other time frames. Like if I go into the weekly, for example, look at my weekly RSI indicator. Yeah, I mean, look how long it was overextended before it dropped in 2020. And really the only reason the market dropped was, was because of COVID, right? Look how overextended it was in here for a long period of time. It really didn't do anything for a period. And like I said, it's got limited usefulness. But one of the things that I do find interesting, or one of the ways you can look at it, is when we talk about who's in control of the market. RSI tends to be more useful on shorter-term timeframes when the market's trading based on, or, or when the primary drivers of the market are short-term traders. The RSI in the short-term timeframes is useless when the drivers of the market are institutional buyers. Institutional buyers have long-term outlooks, and they're they have long-term um, outlooks, and if you're looking at the long-term, like on a weekly chart, RSI isn't even remotely high yet, right? And then on the daily time frame or whatever, you got to find if it's, it's useful. Now, Mark comes out with, uh, or, or is, is making a comment here, uh, RSI is probably most helpful when it shows divergence at a low. Okay, yeah, market, mis, uh, market makes new low, but RSI doesn't, right? So that's a... And that again, that's not using an RSI in uh, in isolation, right? So you're saying that, hey, the market's making new lows, the RSI is not making new lows, which is basically telling you that downward momentum's slowing down. Yeah, I mean, if if it's if it's overbought and the downward momentum's slowing down, then then you can use it in that context. We can also use it in combination, you know, as Lee said, with um, price pattern targets and so forth. But you want to see if it's useful at all in the context in, under which you're using it. And it's almost like back testing and going and back testing, seeing if it is useful. Um, I would caution you though that, and this is particularly notorious with indicators, is 
you know, the way people come up with indicators and create signals is a quote unquote back test the indicator. They come in and they do just what I just said. You know, is there a point in this indicator and run this time frame in this asset where it consistently goes over this level or fairly consistently goes over this level and then, you know, hits a certain point and then the market most almost always sells off? I would say if you go through this and you and you do this with this particular indicator, I would say no, there really isn't. But what they'll do is they'll set that level and they'll and they'll use that as an indicator, which is all fine and good. Um, except those correlations don't always play out over time. You know, changes come into the marketplace, things happen, and they're no longer valid. There are much better ways to deal with it. Um, that said, you know, if you're having good luck with an RSI indicator and you're using it with some sort of divergence and it's working for you, that's great. Keeping in mind that. You know, it may not always work going into the future, but um, if that's working for you, that's 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 wonderful, right? So keep, I say, keep using it. But you want to, before you start using any indicator, you want to see uh, what's going on. I mean, I, and I don't know what's going on, like in an hourly time frame here with the RSI. You know, look how long this was over. So over, you know, even in the longer term time frame, you can look how long this was uh, up here, and it really didn't mean anything. But you know that's just my that's my personal take on that and and again if you find the indicator useful I don't want to discount that but you know on the other hand if you're thinking about using something I wouldn't do that now when we start talking about overextensions that's a different story than a momentum indicator ideally we do want to see like if we're going to go short the market we ideally we do want to see the market come fairly quickly into a into a significant resistance area and pull back. Uh, that's where it's likely to pull back. So, so I'm with you there. But one of the things you want to do is, is, is like I said, who is in control of the marketplace? And you can tell who's in control of the marketplace once a move is kind of underway, based on what, how it's reacting to, to our shorter-term price pattern targets. So, if I come into a, let me pull this out for a minute. If I come into, say, this range here. And I look at what happened is basically we have a cup and handle pattern here that broke out. You can see that, uh, let's see, here's our primary point, okay? And I say that because we had a consolidation here. We consolidated here. When we finally broke out, we retested here. This is our most significant point. I expect this to go to price pattern target and back off. It blew through price pattern target pretty much. Okay, fine. We have our next level that comes into play here. So what's going to happen here is normally, like on a normal technical market that's not coming off of a bottom or not moving overly fast, a lot of times you can take then take the move from the cup, right? So I can take my, my pullback, breakout, and a lot of times... If it's moving really technical, what will tend to happen is the market will come up into here, and then it'll back off, and it'll go higher. It didn't do that. It jumped right over it. And as a matter of fact, it jumped to two times that level, and it even jumped over that. And it jumped to three times that level, and it even jumped over that. So my short-term traders have no control over the market. They're not selling it off. If they try to take short positions, they're getting killed. Right, so so this is just clear evidence that it's the long-term institutions and stuff are driving it. The short-term traders are not; they have no say in this market right now, as far as uh, direction. Let me pull this out. 
And even if I take my bigger price pattern here, this kind of played out fairly normally. But if I take this here, but it did overextend a little bit, right? So we came up really hard. Now you can see this, this here is getting into some um, more significant levels, okay? So for the long-term player, this is not a lever level. For the long-term player, this is not a level. For the long-term player, this is the more significant level. You can see they kind of played off of that. When we broke out of that level, again, you know, did the, did it break out with long-term involvement or, or institutional involvement? Yeah, we, we, we bounced over our target. Did it? Did we do more than twice our target? Well, we kind of slowed down. So now it's, as you can see, the institutional involvement now is starting to slow out of this. Okay, because now I went twice price pattern target instead of three times and it kind of settled out. And now our newest price pattern target we have here, and we did price pattern target and we kind of settled out. So you can see that things are starting to slow down now on that time frame. Now, this would be like if I was doing, um, what was it, Mark said that, you know, in a down move, when RSI is overextended, what you're going to find when RSI gets overextended in the down move, and the and the RSI starts to drop off, as the momentum's dropping off. You'll see this to the opposite effect to the downside, which which starts to become a reversal signal, assuming we're overextended in the longer term. And that is what I have for you today. If you have any questions or comments or anything else you'd like to see in the next Trading Performance Podcast, please list that in the comments and I'll personally answer your questions and comments for you. Also, I'd love to encourage you to come on over to LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com and check out our Trading Performance and Pro Memberships where you can find the tools you need to become a much more effective trader regardless of the type of trading you do. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you on the next Trading Performance Podcast.